All right, here we are, man, discussing the worst possible start to a week ever. Monday morning, the rain is hammering on the door. I slipped through my alarm. Were you awake on time? I was actually awake, but I only kind of like found a reason to get up when I heard this unexpected engine outside of our house, which happened to be Hugh with a kayak on the roof. And I was like, okay, I guess rivers are running. Well, dude, I was I was stressing because we had the plan to go to our favorite river around here, the Brandy. But as always with this river, it's hard with the water levels. Like if it rains too early, it peaks too early and all the water is gone in the morning. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I woke up, I don't know, like 7.38 and uh, was like, oh my God, Hugh wants to go kayaking today. I was like, oh, oh no. And then I called him and he was like, dude, I'm in your living room. I'm, re- I'm, ready, I'm ready to go when you are. And I was like... <laughs> That is the sort of preparation that we need. Exactly. And with that, welcome to EP05 Wet and Dry Podcast. Today, just got back from kayaking. Good news. This is a podcast. You can hear us. Maybe you can see us, but you cannot smell us because we literally just left our dry suits. Um, and yeah, that was a great morning. Great way to get things going. French Schitz, what did you think about this lab? Yeah, it was primo level. So like there's, you know, every river has a, has a different type of... Um, has a different feel at different water levels Mm -hmm. and you know when it's lower it can feel like underpowered or rocky and chossy you know and then you get that smooth level where everything's really smoothed out and all the moves are nice but it's still the same moves then i feel like you get like a pushy sticky level where you know some holes are getting bigger you want to you you know you want to make sure you're hitting your lines and it gets you know you you're trying to be a bit more on it and then after that, you get like the flood levels where all of a sudden all the old lines are gone because the river's no longer channelizing. It's blowing over those channels and just causing chaos. And that's exactly what we dropped into this morning. It was absolute magic. Brandy at like 155, rising up to 160 while we were on there. And it was like just about possible to still do most of the river. When it gets a bit higher than this, there's certainly parts of it that we started portaging. Mm. But, you know, to just have that one portage around the main rapid and then back in there in the main flow for an hour, just magic. Yeah, I agree. That was epic. I remember like even when you look at the flow gauges, it's like, one time a year you get these kind of flows and then very often unfortunately this river peaks at nighttime so we won't be able to go kayaking obviously it's dark so for everything to like line up that way it doesn't happen very often and then also to have the crew ready to rock and roll while stuff is happening is is the other one right and uh that was a beautiful morning i agree and as you just said i remember last year or two years ago when we did that uber high water lab um and we were portaging a bunch that was just too much water for the river whereas now we were right at the cusp of that like it's still good to go but like you really don't want to mess it up but there is a line that type vibe thing and that was amazing another reminder like why i like this river so much like it's not i don't know like it's not alpine white water for whatever reason that thing just feels special to me especially the first gorge kaiser Klum. you're in there and you have to imagine like you you put on and it's like super easy white water. You have like three, four minutes of warm up and then you get to this like little eddy where you can hang out. And once you peel out from there and you go back into the flow, you drop into the gorge. It's what is it like five minutes of like nonstop reactionary kayaking? I, I think it's less than three minutes when you check the footage back, but there's a lot going on in there, yeah. especially at those flows. And um, yeah, I think it's just magic, man. I, I, one thing with that is I, I really 
like it, the water does what it's meant to be doing, mm. you know, like the fast water is always on the outside of the bend, but it's hitting the wall and it should be slowing down. It should be making something off the wall, you know, it should be stopping you, but somehow it just perfectly drops enough gradient and it just, it's so smooth, man. Like it's like, yes, it's chaos and bedlam in there, but you're not getting like thrown against the wall and there's mm. not all these weird chaotic features coming off the wall, you know, like there's, there's normally always a smooth line to be found amongst that chaos. And, um, you know, some laps you find that smooth line and you're like, oh, that's pretty easy. That's yeah. nothing. And other laps you don't. And you're like, oh, <laughs> thank God I'm at the bottom. Yeah, that's the crazy one as always. As long as your bow is up and you're upright pointing downstream, feels pretty good. But I have been there upside down backwards and then it does not feel pretty good anymore. Today, luckily, was one of these days where everything went fine. Yeah, beautiful morning. And I guess that brings us to, to our today's topic, right? Yeah, do the magic of rain. Yeah. Which is like, you know, rivers get fed by a bunch of different um, water sources throughout the world. But I think rain is the most special, you know, like what are you doing awake this early in the morning? It's freezing cold. Like, dude, I'm going kayaking. It just rained. If we don't get out there and get after it, the water's going to be gone, you know? And uh, that's that for me is the most special reason to get out of bed, especially in the winter in the UK. It's freezing cold. But, um, you know, if you don't get up and get after it, the water's gone. Yeah, similar thoughts here. Like rivers run for many reasons. There's snow melt, there's glacier melt, there's rain, there's dam releases, many reasons why water ends up in the drainage. But I feel like we're uh, really like chasing something when we kind of follow the rain rather than just wait for the melt to happen. And that's just such a cool vibe. You're like constantly looking and making your little predictions in your head, checking gauges, checking where the rain is moving. You're trying to like find where to go best what the ideal level would be and you're trying to like kind of figure out what to do because when it rains like when it rains a porch there's so many options you can go everywhere and then really like nailing it and finding the best spot to go kayaking that day for me that's such a fun part of the of the whole thing really yeah it's a roller coaster of emotions and yeah. so so often i'm just shouting at my phone because the weather forecast changes you know especially if it's like a few days out you know if it's If it's like four days out, I'm like, oh, this could be good, you know, but then it's holding for the third day and I'm like, oh, we're getting close. It's going to hold. And then on the second or the last day, it just changes and the the rain swirls around us and we don't get these perfect levels, but it just makes it all the more special when you, when the rain does come at the right time, when you have the right crew and then you're just out there shredding. And, uh, you know, I guess it's the equivalent of a powder day. I would guess so. Not that I ski much to be able to say or qualify to <laughs> too, speak for that, but... <laughs> too too dangerous. Skiing is too dangerous for us. We don't do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, for the listeners today, we had 100-year high water records around the area for the inn, parts of the earth, I believe, as well. And also Brandy went super high. Um, and I think that's special because, as you just said, like with the rain forecast, we, we spent so much time looking at those. And they always move around and they always seem to disappear. And literally 24 hours ago, we were scared that the same thing as always would happen and the rain would disappear and we would be left and stranded with no water, which obviously wasn't the case today. Very interesting how that works, huh? Yeah, man, it's it's the best. It's the best surprise to wake up to because yeah. I went to bed thinking like, oh, it's not going to get high enough. It's just going to tease us. And, uh, and then I wake up and it's... Oh, it was already at a good level. It was already like 80 and rising when we woke mm -hmm. up, right? And then to see it just skyrocketing the whole drive there. And it feels amazing, man. It feels like you're really on a mission. When you're in your car, the music's blaring, and then you've got all the rain hitting you, and you've got all the other people that aren't used to driving in the rain. <laughs> and you're like, gotta go somewhere. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's magic, man. But you know, you don't get that with snowmelt, you know? Like for me, I get a lot of like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's not the same stoke, you know? I'm just like, oh, it's not at the right level or it's not dropping in or like... Dude, watching the temperatures and the gauges in California mm-hmm. early season was horrendous, you know? Yeah. Like shout out to um, shout out to Scott there, uh, Scott Lingren for like posting all the updates about the weather. I think Coleman was as well. Like all the Cali legends were like sharing their information openly on on Instagram and that I think made it made making the decision of when to go to California a lot easier for a lot of people these days. And um, I'm always super grateful when people share information about their area and how different temperatures and different rainfalls impact it. Because until you've really like been there and experienced it, you, you're just in the dark, man. You don't really know. You can make a guess, especially with snow melt, but you never truly know. Yeah. And uh, it's also getting less pr- predictive, right? I mean, I remember many of our trips, for example, with the monsoon season where you wait for rain and in an ideal world and... At- Apparently years ago, it would like start at two o'clock in the afternoon and it would go until six and then it would leave again and you could really like set your clock after that. But I remember us spending nearly two weeks in Indonesia kind of waiting for that rain to happen and it never really showed up. I mean, man, like the global weather systems are so complicated, you know, like you could, you can read a little bit about like the difference between El Nino and El Nino. You can pay attention to, to the temperatures in the oceans, but like, it's such a complex thing to deal with. You never know for a hundred percent what's going on. And then especially like the climate change that we're experiencing now with that shift in the trade winds, like it's, I think it just gets harder and harder to predict. But I will say in, in in our lifetime, it feels like the rains have become more sporadic, but also more intense, you know, like they're not coming as routine and they're not, they're not like falling for like a long period of time. It's like a huge, like flash, flash event, you know, when these big storms come, it's just like all or nothing one day. Fun. Yeah, I would agree. I think I've been monitoring levels on the Earth's River for more than 10 years now, nearly like, I think I've been checking it for at least 15 years, just because kayaking happens a lot there. And I remember regularly going onto the lower earths at like three meter upwards, 340, 350, kind of that, that thing. But then that kind of stopped happening. And now we're stuck in the like high 200s for most of the summer until eventually it rains. And then it just like, as you just said, skyrockets and goes crazy. So I would agree. I think it's more sporadic, more extreme and less predictive. Don't think that's a good thing, but... <laughs> No, not a, not a sign of good things coming. But I, I have to say as well, like as much as I love the rain, as exciting as it is, I don't like traveling to places where we have to rely on the rain because as has happened in Indonesia and like mm. other uh, like expedition attempts, you know, like you can just wait there and wait there and never get the right rain. Whereas at least with snow melt, you know, it's going to get hot and you know, it's going to melt. And, you know, if you can wait it out long enough, you're going to get what you want to get, you know, even if it's a short window. Yeah. And we... I- and we do have the point of like, like if it's raining like full on somewhere and maybe people have to evacuate their homes, they're losing their houses and stuff like that. Like it does kind of bring up the question, like, do we really need to now go there and, and go kayaking and have fun and possibly like need emergency services if something goes wrong yeah. when people down there are already like uh, trying to, to be safe? For example, when Pakistan had that huge flood last year, that was for me a big reason to not go. It's like, hey, man, these people are like currently really trying to survive and just be okay. There's no need for me to go and play there now. Yeah, 100%. And st- big events like that are just horrific. Yeah. But, you know, like we, w- we were just talking about whether we can sneak out for a lower earth later, later today. And, um, you know, while you want to be like 
conscious of the locals and not upset anyone and certainly not to put any risks out there for the emergency services mm -hmm. at the same time like we know we'll be completely fine doing it yeah and we're not going to hurt anyone and we're not going to inconvenience anyone so for me i'm like let's go yeah, yeah i mean that's super easy that's no worries but i mean like a travel to an area oh yeah where stuff is going on and you're like chasing the rain i think that really raises the question like do we need to do this now or not but i would say laura it should be all right <laughs> yeah we'll make it <laughs> for those that don't know it's like the class three section at the bottom of the earths before it confluences with the inn at um yeah it's, it's a really good place to um to like develop your kayak in if you're like a class three kayaker and get used to that like fast intense style that it has and then when you're confident on it and it's high water it's just magic it does get fun and it's also probably one of the most silky pieces of river you can paddle like you will put on You will be at the takeout half an hour later and you're going to be completely covered in sand. It's going to be in your nose, in your ears, just everywhere, everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. When I, when I went for those evening middle earth slaps the other day, mm -hmm. dude, it was like chunks, like thick chunks. And that's why I was confused with like the difference in the gauge and stuff, you know, and I really wondered whether people were just panicking a bit because it with those warm temperatures, it was spiking super hard and super early in the day. Whereas normally, it will, although it will spike hard around those times, it will... It will sort of, it won't spike as hard. You know, like a bit of a build up, bit bit more gradual. You know, and so I thought that was what was happening. Mm. And then I was out there on Villabrucker early in the day when there is no spike, when it is still snow and ice up in the glacier, and uh, put on and was like, oh boy, this is a lot higher than I thought. <laughs> yeah, no, the gauge definitely has changed. But then also coming back to the silky part of it, I do believe it carries a bit of its magic because I feel like every single stroke does just have a bit more power like you 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 grab your paddle in the water and you pull like there's just so much resistance compared to like a clear river I, I, it has to be a difference dude, dude 100% I always talk to people about that but mm -hmm. like I think unless you kayak a lot in different places you don't really learn to experience that but definitely there's like different pressure on your blades in different types of water and just thicker water you know like if you get slapped by a wave in in the Uts, it's different to getting slapped by a wave on another river you know like it's just thicker and more powerful And um, yeah, I think that's again got to do with the density of the uh, of the sediment in the river there, and the same for Sochi. You know, with all those um, is it salt minerals that make the Sochi so blue? Um, salt I crystals think it's not and minerals, minerals, but, minerals, uh, but yeah. minerals, yeah. But the same thing that makes the Sochi really blue and perfect looking also makes that water nice and thick and powerful. And you know, for me, you know. That, that river tires me out more than a lot of rivers around here. And I think it's just because the water is so thick and you can get so much power on your blades. I would really love to see some numbers behind this. I really wonder <laughs> how big the difference actually is. Because I, well, I can only agree. Like, it Doug, feels like that. Doug, we're going to take buckets to different rivers, take a bucket <laughs> full of water. We're going to go to the university. <laughs> Here's one bucket. Please can, you, please, can you test this? Actually, I bet you could find it, figure it out, maybe just by weight or something, you know, if you were to have like a set volume and you just weigh it, but then it might be a disappointing result for what we want to come across with. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. There's something I can do instead of answering my emails. First scientific it. project in a while, measuring <laughs> water buckets. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, I think for me, the reliance on rain in the UK mm -hmm. is what, makes kayaking there so special you know like north wales it is insane man it will be the coldest most hideous day most hideous weather you can imagine and the locals will be out there 
on the river, you know, just stoked getting in those laps before they have to take the kids to work, before they have to go to work. And it's, yeah, it's just a different stoke and it's just a different magic. And that, that for me is why the UK is so special to kayak in, you know, mm -hmm. it's not got good conditions all year round, but when it's on, it's on. And when it's on, everyone's out there. It's super cool. Um, seeing all the boats, like when you're driving, you haven't been yet, man. I'm gonna have to take you. We get yeah. a big storm, but you know you're driving around North Wales, and there's just cars with kayaks on roofs going in all different directions. Super exciting. That's pretty dope. Not much of that happening today. I think I saw, I saw not zero kayakers <laughs> out there other than us. Yeah, high water Monday morning. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I understand that. Yeah, man. Um, one thing I would say with snowmelt rivers, though, is I do think they shape up nicer. You know, because I don't think people understand how much change in the river is happening in like the winter months with the freeze fall, mm. freeze fall in between the rocks. And I think that process helps. I mean, I think that because normally the snowmelt rivers get higher um, for a longer period of time, mm. I think it really helps to like shape them up into nicer rivers. Oh, that's my opinion. I've Yeah, I think it's a mix of everything. It's For me, it's obviously primarily what type of rock we have and what makes those rivers. But then I also agree that like constant stream of water does help to make a river a better river. I remember us scouting many waterfalls in Indonesia. They looked all picture perfect, but then the landing would be basically non-existent. It would be super shallow because these waterfalls would barely ever have enough water to be paddleable in a kayak. Then we would get hit by the rains. The river would rise, but it would also bring so much sediment down. It would just literally fill up the pool with sand and we'd be like, damn. So I think that's a fair point to say the the more water you have going down the river throughout the year, the better the chances are it's actually going to form out nicely and it's going to like lay itself in a way where it's going to be really pleasurable to go to paddle down rather than just this like rock pile where once in a while it just spikes through. Yeah, yeah, I, that's my theory at least. That also came on my last project in Indo when I was there on my own and I was covered in leeches and I was beaten up from the jungle and I was like, that's it. I want snow and ice and like no poisonous things and like easy to walk around and scout. And man, it's just hard being in those forests and, and the jungle and dealing with that. Like it can take for, it can take so long to go such little distance, you know, trying to scout the river is exhausting. Yeah. For me, one like groundbreaking trip there was when we went to Kenya And we had a couple of these like blind corners where we would turn around, you wouldn't know where to go. And then just bringing in the drones, I feel like we saved ourselves a lot of jungle fuckery and cuts and leashes and just miserable times. And that way it was, what, 15 minutes of zipping up the drone and checking it out? That's, yeah, 100%. The, dro the drone saved us a bunch of times on that yeah. trip. And um, but, but, you know, like always, one thing I will say about the drone is like, it's always so much bigger. Like you should know that because the drone's <laughs> up in the air and facing down, you should know it's always going to be bigger. But each and every time when we've scouted something on the drone and then we're dropping in and I'm trying to line myself up, I'm like, bloody hell, I thought that was a wave. It's a huge hole, you know, <laughs> like. Um, so yeah, drone scouting is magic, but it does it does also have its downsides for sure i also remember us looking at this one waterfall on the drone we're like this is a perfect like 30 footer it would all be stoked and then eventually we get there and it was like merely anything i don't know why it looked tall on the drone so i got it's, tricked there dude it's it's tricky when you're looking straight down do you remember the top of the Grona river in mm -hmm. norway i was convinced there was like a 50 60 footer up there yeah, because 
because all I saw was the river constrict. I saw the rocks on either side and then just this trail of white, you know, and I could see the cliffs and stuff. And I was like, this is, this has got to be like a perfect, like 50 foot or something. And you know, like we all looked at the maps, we all agreed and we hike up there and it's like just a really stout 15, 20 footer with like a lot of foam coming out the back of it. And that was what was throwing us off on Google Earth. Got tricked there. I also remember us completely missing a 200 footer in a corner in Indo. We looked on our Google Maps and then didn't turn up, didn't show up. And eventually, we didn't put on that day because it was super high, remember? Yeah, yeah. But then eventually you look around the corner and it just drops off the face of the earth and you do not see that thing on, on Google Earth. So I think it's great to get like an idea and I love to have my little theories about what to expect in the river. But I guess in the end of the day, there's there's no way around it to, to drop in and, and check it out, see what's in there in real life. Yeah, 100%. And you know, like that, that for me, like dropping into a new river, that's where snow melt is super nice because you know it's going to spike on you. You know it's going to get higher. But if you're in there before that, then it's fine, you know? Yeah. But like that flash flood that we were caught up in Indonesia, that was crazy. So, you know, we were, we were on top of a 70 foot waterfall in the middle of the river and all of a sudden the river just starts flashing like i was like i see my line i'm getting ready to go i start walking to my kayak and adrian notices that the, that something's changed right what did you notice like a flip-flop came past or I something just, yeah i just had this really weird feeling and i saw a bit of bamboo floating around which kind of looked out of place and i was like wait a minute something just feels off and then yeah Two minutes later, we were kind of trapped on this island because the river just exploded on us. Dude, thank God you noticed. I was just like, game face on, ready to go <laughs> send this waterfall. Nothing's going to stop me. And you were like, just wait, just wait. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of awkward situation. Dan had just gone first, was, was at the bottom, was getting media ready, setting safety. And we just waited there for like, I mean, it all happened within minutes, right? Yeah, it was crazy, dude. And then the decision, we were like, you think you can still do it? <laughs> and we were hanging over the edge and there was just so much water going down this thing. It really looked like, dude, like an explosion crossed with like a time hole, you know, like like a time warp like thing, you know, like it was just like a straight pipe going down. And then in like right in front of that pipe was this like exploding chaos. Coming up against us. Uh, that was that was, I think, one of the rawest display of power. Like you can really like grasp, see, and also feel like such a powerful place. And again, it happened in seconds. In in seconds, as you say. And then, unfortunately, many school kids died after just downstream from there because they got caught in another flash flood and they weren't aware of it. It's dangerous. You want to be on your on your toes when it's when it comes to that for sure. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, man, that's. Yeah, snow melt versus ice versus snow melt versus rain. I think it's like, I love both sides of the sport, but I I don't know. How, I think, I guess like ultimately I moved here because it was more predictable, mm -hmm. you know, because you know in the summer months if it's sunny, the Uts has water in it and there's really good kayaking there, you know, whereas if you're relying on rain, it might never come in the summer. Yeah, and I don't know. I guess it's with everything like when you have the one thing for an extended period of time, you want to get the other one and vice versa. Like right now it's amazing to be chasing the rain and just follow where the rain goes. But eventually it gets old that everything is wet all the time and you're just looking forward to a couple of bluebird days on the river and then you go do that and you're just enjoying like sunny days and snowmelt and yada yada. And eventually I find myself be like, well, that's a bit straightforward. Like let's mix it up. And then it goes back and forth. I've, I've got love for both of it. For now I'm really stoked. We do have the rains hitting 
that hard the way they are. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, the lifestyle in a moraine is pretty hard, but I sort of like it. You know, it feels <laughs> like feels like you're really in something you know you're putting putting wet gear on every single day like the rain is just still hammering all of your car is wet you know like it's it feels like a special process you know like you're just you're just so dedicated to getting out there it doesn't matter and for you, sure and you know you have no issues with doing any of that keeps you humble keeps you tough i i agree and i mean once you're in the water whatever <laughs> yeah dude but you know i think that's the magic of rain you know i can't think of many other sports where people are excited when it rains you know it's like literally kayakers and ducks that are stoked <laughs> when it rains yeah as generic as the saying is rain is liquid sunshine but it's true i guess like i can't really think of anybody who's stoked on rain the way we are and it's funny because i'm so used to this right because most people hang out with our kayakers so it's a normal thing but whenever we have other people around and they're like why are you so happy like everything is wet and we're like exactly <laughs> it's a it's a cool thing to check back in from a different perspective and as you say i think we're one of the few people who actually generally enjoy the fact when it's completely raining yeah 100 percent. i guess man one, one of the things we have to talk about is like the like these these huge rain events that we're getting now you know like flowing right by, by our house is the in on a hundred year flood right mm -hmm. it's it like it just crossed that boundary right so it's it now did, yeah. it's the highest it's ever been in a hundred years and uh dude like things are just getting destroyed you know I, I think we'll have to do another podcast and wrap up some of the things that have happened some of the rapids that have changed but yeah between here and Ertz, like we have a, we have a lot of changes coming in the rivers and a lot of infrastructure just being destroyed and hopefully that's the worst of it hopefully no one actually like gets hurt or worse out there yeah i i have high hopes everybody's going to be okay i do believe most of the houses are put in like high enough up spaces so i think that's going to be all right but yeah it's going to be super interesting as you just said talk about the changes in the rivers see what that dam does i mean we spoke about this oh. dam two or three podcasts ago brother and, imagine uh, imagine <laughs> imagine if a stupid damn breaks imagine that would make me so happy <laughs> i truly i hate I, I i don't hate anyone or anything but like i really don't like this dam yeah <laughs> if that got destroyed that would make me so happy i mean so far mother nature is trying its best to get rid of it so maybe we'll see fingers crossed but yeah man that's gonna be a stressful stressful few days this week working our way down these rivers again finding where the trees and logs are seeing what's changed mm-hmm and who knows, maybe it's going to be an entirely different river. Maybe not. Dude, it's so stressful. <laughs> imagine, imagine if something's just not good anymore. Like, yeah. what are we going to do? Like, yeah, except that that's just nature and that's part of it? Or are we going to rally a crew and try and move it? <laughs> yeah, good question. I'm, I think, to be honest, I'm, I'm often surprised how clean rivers are and stay for an extended period of time. It still blows me away sometimes. So I have high hopes it's going to stay like that. But this one, this high water is a special one, no doubt. That's that's a, a proper one. Dude, I'm I'm more pessimistic. Like I've never like in our lifetime, I've never seen a good change on a river happen. Like middle middle um Palgin, mm -hmm. gone. You know, like went from a, the most perfect sixty, seventy footer to a huge siphon. Uh, what else changed for not for the better? I mean, many rapids. Honestly, even like Vellabrook kind of got less clean since we've been here, the upper parts. It used to be just joy, and then it got more manky and more manky. Um, I agree. For the most part, rivers tend to become less nice, but there have been some positive changes. Have you ever seen the picture of Nilawe, like 10, oh, yeah. 15 years back? Dude, well, that was, drop? dude when LJ, LJ, LJ Groff, yeah. and uh, who else was it? Was it, who was it? it was, I think 
it was, was it, it wasn't Abe. No, maybe one. Of, I think maybe Abe, one of his friends, but LJ for sure, and one other person when they ran it, it looked crazy. Yeah, that, and that was a wild change. I wonder if we're going to be able to find the video of that. It's in an old edit for sure. Um, I'll try and look it up. But yeah, it's a, it's a really stout send. It's a really stout double drop. Um, and they did it what early two thousand somewhere in there. Maybe it was later. Mid two thousands. I would my guess would be two of six seven maybe somewhere in there. A this, while ago by this, this point. This was a full-on send. And yeah. then it changed and it became that sloping thing. And, uh, you know, I don't think the line ever got that hard on it, but it, all the water pushed into this hideous cave on the left where poor Juanito drowned. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't think people do that waterfall anymore, eh? Not really. I mean, it used to be such a common thing to paddle that thing. I, I bet it had seen hundreds of descents. Um, I do know some people ran it after the accident with less uh, with good and less good lines but yeah i think in general not many people are going there anymore and this waterfall keeps changing it keeps eroding it keeps getting worse so we'll see what's next maybe it's gonna fall apart completely we'll see something new maybe not time will tell i guess yeah wild times man how rivers change but yeah i'm i'm sort of <clears throat> i'm sort of happy to hear that, that people are like making good decisions on that waterfall because it's like you know it's it's quite a simple waterfall but that cave on the bottom left mm-hmm. is just gnarly and hideous you don't want to ever risk messing with that so it's nice to hear that, that by and large most people are making better decisions about that thing or good decisions about that thing it's yeah that was such a such a horrible accident and mm-hmm. such such gnarly times it really felt like it came out of nowhere you know, like everyone in that group was like epic, you know, more than capable of that waterfall. And then that happened. And then was that the year some other stuff happened as well, eh? Uh, I feel like there was a real cascade at one point where we just went through a period of bad accidents. In my head, that started it off. In my head, that was like the first one was like, oh, wow. Yeah. From there, it just tumbled. I believe it was 2013. So a while ago, no. Yeah, man. Super sad times. Like the river is such a kind environment until it isn't, you know? And uh, you got to appreciate all those good days out on the water with your friends, which this morning was. That was epic. Yes, exactly. Got to make a count. Enjoy. Today was sick. Yeah, dude. Best start to the week ever. Monday morning, running out there in the rain, shredding. I was really happy. You know that one big hole underneath the bridge? Mm -hmm. What is that that rapid called? I don't know. No one one ever told me the names. I think I do know. I think it's called Mayagumpen. Maya Gumpen, yeah. Try to say Ma- that. Maya Maya Gumpen. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Anyway, that, that dude, dude, you know my theory, because I was up front. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's, it's on that high level where it's going to start closing out. My theory was that it would still be open because the river was rising so hard mm-hmm. and the pool level hadn't backed up to make it create a hole. And I was very confident in my theory until I got right above it. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> it's about to close out <laughs> and uh i went i went right pretty early over the curler into the eddy so i could be there if, if any of any you or hugh got stuck in the hole mm-hmm. and then you and hugh took the main line through the middle that was epic yeah just shot through like no problem eh well i i went right because i do remember that curler and you just kind of hit the curler which is gonna make you travel more to the center but you do have enough downstream momentum and you're kind of next to the meat of it I don't think I ever want to go into that hole, especially because like afterwards, it's so shallow right after. So that's just all going to back up and create this disgusting, hideous hole in front of the next rapids. So yeah, I was I was very pleased to see everybody go through and not get stuck in there and we could con- continue downstream. 
<laughs> yeah, man. But you know, good to good to test out the theory. But I I think we were like literally like with how hard it was rising. I think we were like fifteen twenty minutes away from that thing being closed out. Yeah. So. Somehow it worked out. Somehow we got lucky, and and everything was was as good as it's gonna get in that river. I truly believe that today was like if you want to go paddle the hardest, the best, whatever, the wildest brandy, whatever you want to call it, today and that flow is that that yeah, flow right one, there. One fifty. Yeah. Yeah, 150 rising to 160 and just out there in the main <laughs> flow with the boys. Fair play to Huey as well. His first lap down it at Rick the Levels. I look back and the kid's just smiling every time. It's always nice to see. That was amazing. And I told him, like, next time he's going to go out like normal flows, it's going to be an entirely new river <laughs> for him again. Because obviously most features are just underwater and you won't be able to see the Dude, rocks. Yeah, he's going to be like, damn, there's rocks out here. <laughs> this is crazy. But yeah, that's all part of the magic of rain. And um, yeah, man, I, I think as well, we have to be super grateful that like the level did peak and it did get too high for us to just be out lapping there. Because <laughs> otherwise that would have been an uncomfortable situation to have to call Gabe and the <laughs> E3 Media House team and be like, so uh, we're committed to the podcast, but um, you know, if there's a decision to go kayaking or not go kayaking, uh, we got to go kayaking. Sorry. we going to be kayaking. Yeah, no, that worked out well. Only question I was left is how are we going to keep having a better week from this? This was a pretty good start, honestly. Dude, as long as there's not too many trees in the river tomorrow, I think we'll get another day of brandy. Then yeah. we'll go to Ertz and see what chaos is left there. I mean, there's literally roads being washed away right now as we're talking. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm honestly, I'm excited for the for the flows to drop down and to go and see, see what's, what's happened. Up. I agree. So, yeah, man. Cheers for the podcast. I think I'm Team Rain. <laughs> your team rain or team snow ah uh, for now it'll be team rain that was very pleasant today but i might change my opinion in the near future but yeah today i'm team rain that was awesome thank you very much brother and yeah, boy. Uh, catch you in the next one yeah see you in the next podcast team Take cheers cheer.